Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Indiana Daily Student Baseball Podcast, recording from beautiful Franklin Hall. My name is Stefan Kreisnik, and I'm the golf and baseball beat reporter for the IDS, and I'm working along with Cameron Drummond, the social media editor for the IDS, while also working the IDS baseball and football beat. Baseball season is in full bloom in Bloomington, and MLB no, opening it's day and is a few days here. away. And spring weather is hopefully coming soon. How are you doing, Cam? It literally snowed <laughs> over the weekend. It I, was... I wake up from my apartment on Sunday, and there is three <laughs> feet of snow and ice right outside my door. I'll give props to the quick shout-out to the softball, the IU softball team, for getting their field cleaned up. It snowed Saturday, and then they had a game Sunday, yeah, and no, they played They played on Sunday. Shout-out so. to the IU uh, field turf crew. And a shout-out to the IU women's basketball team, making it to the okay. quote-unquote Final Four. It's a baseball podcast. It's a baseball podcast, but we respect, we respect IU women's basketball and IU's best player, Tyra Buss. Um, well, Cam, IU baseball was supposed to play four games last week. They were, and they, they played, played two, two. <laughs> in one day. They played two games in one day <laughs> instead of playing four games in four days. So you can tell that baseball weather is not exactly here yet in the Midwest. Yeah, not here, not in Iowa, not <laughs> not anywhere really. But IU is now sixteen and five. They have a game coming up, maybe with Indiana State. It was supposed to be potentially. It was supposed to be on Tuesday. The game got moved to Wednesday at four p.m. So that opens up a stretch of nine games in the state of Indiana for IU. Uh, they are coming off, as we mentioned, they played two games last week. The game against, man, I know I forgot who it was Iowa. supposed to be against. They played Iowa. Who were they supposed oh, to play? Oh, sorry. So, yes. Yeah, so IU was supposed to have the midweek game last week against Wright State yes, Wright here State. in Bloomington. That game was pushed back a day. It was supposed to be either Tuesday or Wednesday, and then got pushed back a day before eventually being canceled a day in advance. So that game really never got off the ground. Mm-hmm. Then, of course, they have the three-game series at Iowa. supposed to be a Friday-Saturday-Sunday deal. It then became a two-games-on-Friday, one-game-on-Sunday deal. And then that became a only Friday deal. <laughs> After the doubleheader on Friday, they eventually canceled Sunday's game due to snowstorms in Iowa City. And the team had a bit of an adventure coming back to Bloomington. Yeah, based on based on social media, it appears that the team didn't quite have a smooth ride back through that snowstorm coming back to Indiana. But... They're back now, so they're back now, and they're getting getting ready to play maybe four games this week. Like I mentioned, that game against Indiana State coming up on Wednesday, and then Thursday, Friday, Saturday, a three-game series against the Butler Bulldogs. Um, and this is opening up a stretch of a tremendous run of games here for Indiana against in-state opponents because we talk about if the Indiana State game does go on this Wednesday at four p.m. in I always pronounce this wrong. Terre Haute. Terre Haute. Terre Haute. Terre Haute. Yeah. Okay, Terre so we got Terre Haute. Wednesday, 4 p.m. at Indiana State. And then you'd have the three games set Thursday, Friday, Saturday at home against Butler. Then you got a midweek game in Muncie against Ball State, followed by three more against Purdue. And then Indiana State again on April 10th for a night game. But this one would be in Bloomington. So for the next, what, more than two weeks, IU will be playing exclusively Indiana based teams. Yeah, and talking to Lamonis earlier today, the team is definitely excited about that. I mean, Opening up the season, the first uh, about first month of the season, they spent playing in South Carolina, playing in California. Right. Oh, that, that then huge you had, road non-conference. Yeah, then you had those road games against Iowa. So, kind of, you know, the Lamonis was saying now you got a road game that's only like an hour or so away. That's obviously a lot easier on a team, a lot easier to travel. So, and you're, I mean, you're close to home. So, right. definitely that, exciting stretch for Indiana. It's, it's, I mean, it almost feels like a nine-game home stretch when you really think about it. Yeah, now you get to the point where you're kind of bouncing in between conference games and non-conference games because you have the two games to start Big Ten play against Iowa. Then you got Indiana State, Butler, Ball State, all that non-conference. Go to Purdue to come back into conference play. A quick bump out again with Indiana State, and then after that. 
in theory, they'd be playing three more at home against Northwestern. Again, if the weather holds up, what will the weather be tomorrow? I really have no clue. Because I, I don't even know what Indiana. the weather is going to be tonight. I don't even I don't even know what the weather is right now. It was it was sunny when I walked in. It, it, it might not be. It could be. be a tornado right now. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, someone would notify us if that happened. <laughs> you think they would tell us? Or do you think they just play it off? I think I think IU notify would give us a <laughs> give us a quick shout. Well, all right. Let's see. Indiana coming up there. Uh, Coming up against their upcoming opponents, uh, that being Indiana State and Butler. Both teams are pretty decent this year. Indiana State is fourteen and five, Butler sixteen and four, and they started off it was like ten and 11 and something like that. Um, so both teams have respectable records. IU has obviously played a tougher schedule than those teams. Um, and if we mentioned earlier, IU was coming in at sixteen and five. So. I guess I mean if you look at their records, these two teams are respectable teams, and they're gonna I mean they're gonna be tough games for IU to win. Uh, if you base it on strength of record, maybe you overlook some of these teams. But I mean we've seen IU in the past. You know anything is possible in baseball. We've seen them lose games to teams like Pacific. Uh, we've seen them blow out teams like Northern Illinois. We've seen close games against teams like Northern Illinois. So anything can really happen here. Um, no no starter has been announced yet. At the right. time of this recording for the Indiana State, and this game. would be and this is a weird game too because you think about it being a Wednesday start, and especially with a three-game series coming up on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you're probably gonna. I mean, everyone kind of moves up a day just because the way the series is. So you'd have John Stever on Thursday night, Paulie Milton Friday night, and I guess keeping with what Chris Lamonis was thinking for the Iowa series, you'd have Cam Beat Champ going on mm-hmm. Saturday afternoon, and that leaves the spot on Wednesday for. I don't know, maybe <clears throat> I got like Tim Heron, Brian Hobby, throwing a young guy, Nick Eaton, Tommy maybe. Sommer, Tommy Sommer. Tommy Sommer, Andrew Salfrank. So mm-hmm. you have names that aren't kind of mm-hmm. part of that quote-unquote big three in the rotation mm-hmm. that they're out there on a Wednesday. Yeah, Lamonis was saying today that they they plan on one of those games probably being a bullpen game uh, where they will go to the bullpen, and you know they still haven't decided who that starter is going to be against Indiana State. So. I think it's tough going in a four-game series as opposed to having a game and then a day off and then a three-game series. I mean, that's just one less day for your bullpen to kind of prepare. And, I mean, it might affect uh, Lamonis' decision-making one game because he knows that he has a big three game, three games in a row coming up. So it, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, Lamonis, as a coach, is going to be pushed to make some tough decisions in this four-game stretch. And, I mean, these are not going to be, you know, easy. We're not expecting them to be easy games by any means. So, definitely going to be interesting to see um, what direction Lamonis goes with the, with the pitching staff. Um, I mean, I think he's shown in the past that he trusts a lot of his guys and he's not he's not afraid to put guys in new roles. So, it, it's going to be interesting to see what comes up here. Yeah, right. But before we get too far away from it, let's go back to this past weekend. You had both games on Friday mm-hmm. against Iowa. The Hoosiers begin Big Ten play with a one and one split against the Hawkeyes, that kind of leaves them sitting towards the upper half of the conference because the way the conference breaks down, we had weekend sweeps by Illinois at Northwestern and by Michigan at Michigan State. So they're both leading the Big Ten with 3-0 conference records. Minnesota uh, with a 2-1 conference record. The Golden Gophers took two games out of a three-game series this past weekend against Nebraska to begin Big Ten play. Then after that, you have Rutgers at 2-1, and one, Indiana and Iowa both at 1-1, one and one, and then kind of the inverse of that, Nebraska, Penn State. And then you have a bunch of teams that haven't even started conference play yet, Ohio State, Maryland, Purdue, being those three teams before you get to Northwestern, Michigan State at the bottom of the conference. But let's take a look back at what the Hoosiers did this past weekend in Iowa City. Yeah, they split the doubleheader. Um, this is the second time this year they've had played a doubleheader. They split it against San Diego earlier in the year. They split this doubleheader here against Iowa. 
Uh, first game was, uh, I mean, just straight dominance by Jonathan Stever. He went seven innings, um, only gave up three hits, he gave up one run, and then um, Cal Kruger came in for the final two innings. He also gave up a run. So IU took that game four to two. And then in the second game, I think it was something that nobody expected. Paulie Milto went out and just <coughs> flat out, I mean, struggled, had easily his worst performance, especially by comparison to seeing what he's done this year. He lasted, what, 1.2 innings? Yeah, 1.2 innings. He gave up five hits, gave up three runs, and all those runs he gave up with two outs. It was kind of interesting because that first inning he came out and got the first two guys out, and it was like, all right, Pauly Milto's probably going to be doing a Pauly Milto performance, and then ended up giving up two runs that inning. Same thing next inning. He gave up in the second inning. He gets the first two guys out and then gives up another run, and that was it for him. Just one, one and two thirds, uh, five hits, three runs. As I mentioned, not not his best outing, but I mean, you can't expect Paulie Milto to go out there and pitch a complete game <laughs> shutout every time. And I think Lamone has kind of said that. You know, he struggled getting his spots. Um, it was the second game of a cold doubleheader. That's I think that's worth <clears> noting. <throat> Milton might not have played in the first game, but I mean he's in the dugout and it's cold outside. It's not fun for anyone. So I mean the best way you can describe it is uncharacteristic because that's not something mm-hmm. you expect out of a Pauly Milto type performance. Yeah, I mean Pauly Milto, he he's the Saturday guy, but I mean he could just as easily be the Friday night guy. He's, you know, him and Steve are one A and a one B. You know, there's there's no distinction between which one of them is superior to the other. I mean they're both very good pitchers. Stever played better that day. You know, the, you know, if you had Milto play in the first game and had Stever in the second game, would the same thing have happened? I, I don't know. It's hard to tell just because, you know, whether it plays an interesting role in baseball. But uh, Lamonis didn't seem too worried about it when he was asked about it today. He's kind of, you know, it's a tough start. We're going to go back out there. Um, he's still starting against Butler. There's no, no, I guess, question marks as to whether Milto's going to still be that Saturday guy or this week being the Friday guy. Kind of on the other side of the coin as well, during that 5-1 loss that IU suffered against Iowa, the game in which Pauly Milto had his pitching issues. You had Iowa pitcher Brady, I don't know how to pronounce it, Brady Schonel? I don't know how to pronounce that name, sorry. Apologies to the Schonel family. (laughs) But uh, Brady Schonel was just named one of the co-pitchers of the week for the Big Ten Conference this week, and he was masterful against the IU offense. Seven shutout innings, only allowed one hit. So the IU hitters weren't getting the bat on the ball at all in that game either to kind of bail out Polly Milto. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Uh, IU only got two hits that game. They only scored one run that was coming against. Struck out 11 times by Sean yeah, as well. struck out 11 times. I think I think that kind of – that's worth noting there. Uh, those 11 strikeouts, IU was was getting walks. I'm trying to see here. They had, they got five walks in the game, so they were getting guys on base, but they ended up leaving seven, seven men on base uh, by the end of the game. So, I mean, they're just – those strikeouts make a huge difference in the long seam of a game, and I mean, yeah, this game was five to one with Milto Milto struggling. But if this game had been two to one, three to one, it definitely you could look back and say that a few at bats could have made a huge difference <laughs> in the game. And if I was getting those runs in or even getting productive outs, I guess you know, striking out eleven times, I mean, you're not moving anyone over. You're not getting it, you know, a runner from first. You're not moving them to scoring. And this position. is a team that's really good at getting productive outs yeah. as well. Yeah, I mean, there, I mean, guys like Luke Miller, we call him the king of the RBI ground out because even when he gets out, it seems like he's producing runs. Mm. And that's kind of what IU needs to get back there. In both those games against Iowa, even though they won the first one, they were just leaving a lot of guys on base and not not taking advantage of opportunities handed to them. And when you got a guy like Logan Kalitha at the top who's getting on base almost all the time, and whether it's a walk, a hit-by-pitch, or getting a hit, he's always getting on base. So you you got to get your situational hitting up a little bit and take advantage of, of certain opportunities to score runs and, and especially in a game against Iowa where you're not getting hits, where you only got two hits, you have to take advantage of those walks and those 
those opportunities that the opposing pitchers are giving you. Right. I mean, that was something they weren't able to do in that second game on Saturday again, so that leaves them with a 1-1 conference record, and now they'll be going into four. Ideally, if the weather holds up, you got to always <laughs> put that asterisk in front of it, but not even four, actually, excuse me, maybe five straight non-conference games for the Hoosiers between Indiana State, Butler, and Ball State. So you're kind of shifting the focus from conference play to in-state bragging rights now because IU can kind of you know cement itself as not only the number 11 team in the country, which is what they came out as in the uh, D1 baseball rankings earlier today, so no movement there, not only continue to cement that number 11 ranking, maybe move into a top 10 spot if some other teams ahead of them begin to falter, especially as the SEC begins conference play, but also transfer IU to continue to be the dominant baseball program in the state of Indiana. Yeah, and Lamonis was talking about that also today. There's a lot of pride in these games, whether you know everyone knows that right now Indiana – they're the best team in the Big Ten, let alone in the state of Indiana. So there's high expectations for IU. And everyone from Indiana State to Ball State, Butler, Purdue, I mean, especially Purdue, I guess, they all want to beat IU. They want to come into Bloomington. or I mean, I guess there's a couple road games in there. Everyone wants to beat IU. They're the best team right now. And, I mean, you see it You see it in, in other sports, too. I mean, we've seen it in basketball. You see it in, I mean, whatever what sport you want to mention. There's, there's that rivalry, that in-state rivalry. There's a lot of pride. You want to be the best team in Indiana, whether you're – you are the best team in the rankings or not. You want to beat uh, high RPI teams. And for, for teams like Indiana State and teams like Ball State and Purdue, these are games that mean a lot to them, not only in terms of pride, but in terms of their rankings and in terms of them beating highly ranked teams. And, you know, look, looking at their schedules, Indiana might be the best team that, that a lot of these teams face. Right. It's kind of the inverse of what it was to begin the season for IU. IU was reliant upon, you know, playing high-level RPI teams in non-conference play to kind of boost their schedule in terms of an NCAA tournament berth, you know, trying to get something like a regional or super regional hosted in Bloomington if it comes to that. Mm-hmm. But on the opposite side of the coin, these teams, you know, your Butlers, your Indiana States, if they down the line end up having to kind of fight and scrap for an NCAA tournament bid, whenever Indiana might be one of those things that pushes them over the top in terms of the committee's eyes. Yeah, I mean, Indiana's ranked number 11 right now. They could still be moving up. So looking back, you know, when when May comes around, Butler might be looking back and saying, hey, we beat a team that's ranked inside the top 10. I mean, Indiana's obviously a very great team, and I think based on what we've seen, that's a team that still hasn't really lived up to their full potential. I mean, yeah, they got a great record, and they played some great games, but I I still think there's a few things that the team could hit, whether it's on – or team could improve, whether it's in hitting or uh, getting guys on base, striking guys out, getting some – some big outs and big situations. There's a lot of room still improvement for IU, which could be scary for other teams in the Big Ten to think about. But definitely a big stretch of games here and a chance for IU to just keep improving, I guess. I mean, hopefully the weather starts living up to to baseball conditions. Yeah, hopefully. And, and, you know, maybe we get – Big, hopefully on that. (laughs) Maybe we can – that also, I guess, we don't really talk about it much, but – there's a lot of movement in the schedule. I mean, this team is preparing to play a game on Tuesday. Now that gets pushed back to Wednesday. Now you're preparing for and four this games. Travel like, and yeah, there's just. I mean, I, you, I mean, I'm sure the prep. I mean, the preparation the day before a game is different than mm-hmm. the preparation a, a day, three games before a yeah. game, and you don't even know how that continues to go if you're maybe preparing well in advance for a game that you think is going to be in three days, while all of a sudden becomes in five days, yeah. or becomes in two days, and also you know. The way this didn't really come up much in the Iowa series because that Sunday game was canceled. But you know, if you pitch a guy on Sunday and instead of playing on Tuesday, you play on Wednesday or you play on Thursday, then all of a sudden that guy gets extra rest. You can use him more. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's such a fluid situation for both the coaching staff and the players to handle. Yeah, and I mean, even even the game, the series against Butler. I mean, now Stevers going 
and he said it didn't make a huge deal but instead of seven days off he's getting six days off it's just so much moving around and so much inconsistency i mean when you look at a schedule you say all right we're gonna have a game on tuesday or wednesday and then we got a three game series and now now it's changing and it's just you never know what to expect anymore and i guess I guess that's kind of annoying if you're IU. They they've done a good job playing around that, and you know they don't complain about it when you when you ask them about it. But it's just, it's just got to be hard to be so inconsistent. I mean, you look at your schedule, you plan one thing, and then the day before everything changes. Right, and that also, I mean, baseball players are creatures of habit, perhaps more than any other sport as yeah. well. So that messes with your routine for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, let's see. You want to go into our first segment, Cam? <laughs> this is a this is a Cam Drummond. I'm on the verge segment. of death here, but yeah, sure, let's continue. Cam, yeah, Cam went to the IU Health Center. And he was told that he just has a common cold. That's a lie. But but if you, I don't know. I mean, I'm not a doctor, but you're not you're not looking your best. Well, I'll, I'll be my best at Sembrera Field One later tonight for the <laughs> IU or for the Indiana Daily Student Intramural Softball Team's first game of yeah, the season. Yeah, we just need you healthy by then. That's it. So Go yeah, give me rest up four tonight. hours. I'll. <laughs> chug some benadryl or something and we'll be in, we'll be in really good shape but yeah, yeah. Let's, hit, let's hit this first segment hard all right so cam cam came up with this one we're gonna call this one the three one count uh usually do we do the four, i did six. what you came up with this, this is oh idea. wow i do not remember anything from last night then okay yeah let's see with this well yes, we I usually do count. we usually do the four six three but i mean we only there's got, not enough material got, there's frankly, not enough the, games frankly not enough happened this week yeah if you want if you want that. us to say six players that impressed us this weekend that might be hard because there's only Two games on one day. I'll direct you to like the IU baseball starting lineup, <laughs> and that will be nine. But yeah, we'll name everyone that got a hit or something. I don't know. For the well, short week purposes, we'll go with the three one. Yeah, count. we'll go with the three one count. So we're gonna give you three takeaways from that doubleheader against Iowa, and then one prediction we have going forward. So Kim, this is your segment. I'll let you take the first takeaway you got. Yeah. So the first takeaway I got is that Polly Milto's human. Like, I mean, this is a guy who has been nothing but dominant since the season started. Had we mentioned the rough outing against Iowa, only lasting 1.2 innings in that 5-1 loss of the Hawkeyes. And it's not the worst thing in the world for him to kind of get grounded back down to earth, have a, have a poor performance. Because now there's the opportunity for him to show his maturity as a junior, as one of the captains on this baseball team to come back. And assuming he pitches uh, during the Butler series to come back and to come back with authority as well. Yeah, uh, my takeaway from the game is going to be, um, I guess, from the doubleheader, it's going to be Jeremy Houston might, might, might get knocked out of the starting lineup at you some think? point if he continues. Uh, Lamonis, Lamonis was saying today that I, I, you know, I asked him what they've been working on to kind of fix his struggles. Uh, let me find the the stat, pull up the stats real quick. Uh, yeah, he's he, definitely not been hitting the. Yeah, ball he's hitting one one seventy seven. Um, <laughs> and he was even struggling in the field earlier. Yeah, yeah he also kinda, hasn't been his best in the field this yeah, season. Yeah, but he's kind of turned that around. So I, I asked Lamonis, you know, what, what's been going on with his struggles, what they've done to improve that. And Lamonis was saying that Houston's swing is fine. They have since he got to IU last year, they haven't been working on his swing. They love his swing. They've kept it that way. It's kind of they're just trying to fix his approach. And I think that's that's worth noting because he's got 20 strikeouts this year. So with the guy with his speed and his ability to kind of affect the game on the base pass you want him to be i mean at least not striking out put the ball in play and try to you know even if it's a ground ball or bun or whatever he can run it out um but i mean he's just been struggling and it it carried over on the defensive side lamona said he was happy with how how he played on defense this these two games against iowa because it seemed like what he was doing on offense wasn't affecting him on defense so houston's been one of the guys on the team that he started all 21 games lamona is high on him the team respects him as a player and they they know he has great potential, so I don't know. The, based on what I've seen, they, who would you, they might. Who, who would you slide in there? Then? They did. They pinch hit. I think it was. I believe it was Sam Crail came in. Um, 
after after Houston's two at bats in the second game, they brought in Crail to pinch hit for him. So I mean, you could have Crail, you have uh, Bunnell that could come in. You have a few guys that could play the role. It's hard. To, it's hard to throw a guy in the shortstop as opposed to putting him in the second base. It's a little different. Shortstop is, a, I mean, obviously one of the biggest positions on the field, um, let alone the infield. So I guess you could try with new guys. I'm not saying that they need to, you know, forget about Houston, throw him in the dust, but right, a, a right. few days off might be what he needs. Let him kind of sit back, not have so much pressure on himself, and kind of rethink his approach at the play. And then, you know, it, it might just be one day off. On it. it doesn't need to be a whole week off even. Pick, pick a stretch in yeah. these next, next five yeah, And I mean, you got games. a lot of games that are in the state of Indiana. And I said – Nine games in the state of Indiana, that's nine games against teams from Indiana. Then they have a three-game series in Bloomington against Northwestern, and then two more games against Notre Dame and then Ball State. So it's a stretch of actually see, 12, 14 games in the state of Indiana, um, but the first nine are against Indiana opponents. Northwestern kind of comes in and ruins all of that, but whatever. Um, thanks so, for that. Yeah, so thank you, thank you Northwestern Wildcats. Um, just kidding. I, res- I respect Northwestern. Northwestern's a great school. Um, Go Wildcats. But kind of going back to what were we talking about again? Jeremy Houston. Yeah, Jeremy Houston. Um, <laughs> we're still on point number two here of the three-one count, which is you saying. Yeah, that I didn't. Mean, I, I really have nothing against Northwestern. I hope no one took offense to that. Northwestern's a great school. Um, I, I'm kind of. I'm my house is closer to Northwestern. Jeremy Houston, please. <laughs> back to Jeremy Houston. He he <laughs> might need might need a day or two off. Um, just to kind of get his head straightened out again. So go ahead, Cam. Your third takeaway. <laughs> We're done. We're off the rails with that now. Cool. Thanks for that. Um, I just think that this is more of a team-wide takeaway is just you don't want to get back into the situation of where are you struggling for runs. We saw that to begin the home stretch of the season, in particular those games, again, those games against Cincinnati and against Pacific where even when IU was winning games, they weren't winning them in real convincing fashion, especially on the offensive side of the ball. They were working super hard still only manufacture two, three, four runs a game, which are enough in certain circumstances, but you don't want to really make a habit out of that. And you don't want this last game against Iowa to kind of trigger a, a recurrence of that. You want IU to still be kind of swinging freely with the bat, still being able to put up five, six, seven runs on a, a consistent-ish basis. I mean, that's not going to be every night. But you don't want to get stuck in the rut where IU's going to have to try and rely on two or three runs a night and just have the pitching staff carry that because especially once you re-enter Big Ten play, it's going to be a very hard proposition to hold up. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You want to be able to get that situational hitting back back to where it was. And one thing I want to note before we move on um, is that Lamonis has kind of started to, to move things around the lineup, try to give um, – Experimentation. A, yeah, right? I guess experiment with things to kind of get the offense going. We saw in the first game against Iowa, um, he moved Matt Lloyd down to sixth in the lineup. And as, as a response, Lloyd hit a home run in his first at-bat. And then we saw him back in the second <laughs> second spot roll. So maybe it was just a little bit of a snap wake-up call for Lloyd. But, I mean, earlier this year, Gorski batted seventh or eighth. He saw himself move up to fifth or sixth in a couple games. So I think Lamonis is kind of at that point in the season where he's ready to move guys around, just experiment with new things, and, and this stretch of in-state games could also also be big in terms of that. Um, so, so, so if it's a 3-1 count, we had three, three takeaways one. and one prediction, so it's on you for the prediction. Oh, man. And this will be till next Monday, so this will account for the Indiana State game as well as the Butler series. I think I, I'm going to make a prediction in terms of this whole stretch <sighs> of Indiana games. I think this is a great, great opportunity that IU's going to take advantage of to kind of get themselves and – in that, I guess, quote unquote, midseason form, um, you're not traveling much. You're gonna have a lot of time in, in Bloomington to practice in Bloomington and get ready in Bloomington. And even if you got to go on the road, it's only like an hour or two drive. 
Um, so I think this is going to be a stretch of games where IU is really going to reaffirm their dominance in the state of Indiana and in, in the Big Ten and kind of get themselves informed. So when this Indiana stretch is done and all those Big Ten games start coming up, IU is going to be having a lot of momentum. So I'll say, let's see, uh, with the nine games coming up before the Northwestern series, I will predict that IU is going to win at least seven of them. So you go seven of? Seven of those nine. Seven of nine. So, so, so seven, seven and two, two, if not better. That's that's my prediction, Cam. Yeah, where, where do you see a potential loss slipping up? You think maybe one in the Butler I could series? See, yeah, I think Butler's a much better team than uh, a lot of national rankings, I guess, see them. I mean, I, I'm not saying that they deserve to be a top 25 team yet, Yeah. but they've, they've played well. They're a good team, and I could see them taking a game against IU. Um, and then, I mean, three games against Purdue. Purdue's a Big Ten opponent. You can't just expect a sweep. I mean, we, we saw against Iowa that – you're not just going to go in there and, and win three games easy. So I could see I could see them maybe slipping a game against Purdue. Yep. Um, I'm expecting them to win both of the midweek games against Indiana State and Ball State. Yep. But as we've seen with the the midweek starters, I mean, Manis and Sommer have pitched outstanding in the past few midweek starts. But yeah. we've seen IU pitchers kind of slip up, and especially when they struggle in the first inning, we've seen a team slip up a little bit. So. I th- I think they'll take those midweek games. Um, I'll say my two the two losses will come from Butler and Purdue. Yeah, I mean this is I mean this is a stretch where you think IU will will do some damage, I guess, and you know whether it be in state games or conference games or what have you. I mean Purdue IU IU should handle Purdue at least at least two out of three, if not yeah. three out of three. They've been on a real a real funk ever since they got off to their hot start in the season. I mean they've they've kind of they haven't started Big Ten plays. I mentioned they're one of the three teams that hasn't played a, a game in Big Ten action yet, but looking at their, their recent run of results, they finally picked up a victory against Lipscomb to stop the rot, but they had, you know, a one, two, three, seven game losing streak with losses to Tulane, Southeastern Louisiana, Nickel State, St. Louis, Lipscomb. So they're definitely not playing their baseball, their best baseball. They they opened up Big Ten play with the series against Penn State before uh, playing a series against Oakland as well. Oakland of Michigan, I should say, and then coming to Indiana. So they have five games left before they come here. But you got to think IU takes care of them and probably a sweep or something like that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, looking at even the Butler and producers, yeah, I said they, they might lose a game in each of those series. But, I mean, they, they have the potential to sweep these teams. IU is significantly better than Butler and Purdue. Um, but, I mean, like I said, baseball, they play these three-game series where you really don't know which way it can go. I mean, all it takes is one starter to have a rough game. And, you know, we see Stever, Milto, B-Champ, you know, Manis, Sommer, Hobby, whoever it is starting, <coughs> we know what their potential is. We know they can go out there and play well. Right. But, I mean, Milto showed, you know, sometimes you just have a bad game and it gives the team, you know, when you go out there and you struggle like Milto did in the first two innings, it gives the other team momentum and it gives them, you know, the confidence that they can beat you. So it's it's tough in a three-game series to go out there and just have three dominant games and to, to handle a team. So sometimes teams just struggle. I mean, like I said, IU is significantly better than Purdue or Butler or Indiana State or Ball State. But a slip-up can happen here or there. So it's it's hard to go on nine-game winning streaks. I mean, IU's best winning streak this year was seven, which they matched after twice. winning. Yeah, which they did twice. They they matched that after winning the first game in Iowa. Um, and then they lost the second game to snap their streak. But it, it's hard to get a big streak going like that. I mean, whether it's collegiate league, collegiate level baseball or – uh, Major League Baseball, it's it's hard to go on a big stretch like that simply because baseball is such an odd sport at certain times. And with the weather playing this much of a factor, you never really know what can happen. So that's that's kind of where I went with my with my 7-2. and two. But, I mean, like I said, IU has the potential to go 9-0 and in this stretch. Cool. 
Yeah. 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 <laughs> what do you want to talk about, Cam? You can talk about yourself if you want. Nah, I think I think the people at home know enough about me already. <laughs> um, and if they don't know that, then the things they don't know, they don't know for a reason. If if they want to, they come to the publication board this Friday at Franklin Hall. <laughs> Yeah, I Thankfully, guess. Thankfully, no one knows what that means. Uh, we we did have media today. <laughs> I had media, not we, as in me. Cam, yeah, Cam decided to Tuesday, skip. Or sorry, not Tuesday. It's not Tuesday. What am I saying? Monday afternoon. Chris Lamonis, a couple players met with the media. Stefan. Yeah, included. I mean, I'll talk a little bit about I guess what what they talked about. Stever, um, he just talked about how he's kind of gotten in the role now. Um, yeah. He struggled a little bit early in the year. He's kind of gotten back in the role. Um, using a lot of what he used last year. Um, talked a lot about his relationship with Feynman, how close the two of them are. Um, it's kind of just helped him get comfortable. He's one of the few guys on the team that are out of state, that come in from outside the state. So how, how important it's been for him to build bonds with guys on the team, especially guys like Feynman. I mean, you know, pitcher and catcher bond yeah, the is, always is, strong. A, is a crucial yeah. relationship. Yeah, and game. I think it, it's shown in the recent dominance that he's had. Uh, and then we talked a little bit with Kalitha uh, about his, you know, transition from – Jo- Juco College, junior um, college to the Big Ten. I mean, it only took him one game to hit a home run in the Big Ten. So I think, I think no one's doubting Kalitha anymore. No one is doubting Logan Kalitha's abilities. Um, it's, I mean, he's still getting hit by pitches. He looks fine. He talked about how he was excited to go lift. Uh, really competitive guy, but also really loose and really comfortable. You know, I mean, it can be hard for some players talking you to the media. You should challenge him to a lifting, a lifting that competition. That is an awful, awful idea, Cam. Um, I <laughs> oh no, that would not go well at all. That that might have been your worst suggestion thus far. I think, I, I guess the people at home can can vote if they want to see that happen. Um, I would prefer not. We could do like a please vote. Make Stefan try and outlift Logan Kalitha. I think we can maybe do something like a wiffle ball game against Logan Kalitha, but we're certainly nowhere near um <laughs> nowhere near lift, lifting contest with Logan Kalitha. Um, and then, like I mentioned earlier, Lamonis talked a little bit about the struggles uh, Houston has had recently. Um, they're still, you know, high on his potential. Um, I'm trying to think of what else they talked about today. Someone's getting older. Memories, memories evading yeah, them. I'm getting old. I mean, I'm already in my second semester here. Okay, let's things let's are, calm things down. Things are starting then. to catch up to me. Um, and then he mentioned the comfort of being able to play play in state. Um, you know those games can be it can be tough as we mentioned earlier with so much traveling that the team has done, so having that ability to, I guess to to you know have your far, furthest trip be only you know an hour or so, um, definitely makes the team a little easier on a team when you're when you're prepping and practicing and stuff like that. And then he talked a little bit about the midweek starter, how that was still up in the air, um, a lot of guys there, and you know the potential of bullpen games every right. now and then. Sounds like a productive media. It was it was productive yeah. media. I mean, they well, while it was actually pretty funny while we were interviewing um Stever and Kalitha, the team was still taking batting practice behind us and you fear for they your were, life. They were they were hitting it they were practicing hitting it to right field, yeah. trying to get some opposite field hits. I mean, I guess for the righties the lefties would have been pulling in that situation, but um I don't know. I mean, it's just you know, they're great guys, great players. They know how to hit it to right field if they need to hit it to right field, but I had my back turned, and I was just you were not, luckily. You were not. Stever, Stever had his milt, or Stever had his milt. Stever had his mitt on, so I was thinking if there was a light shot coming at me, like Stever would, you know, hopefully step in the way. I wasn't asking many harsh questions, so he had no reason to be mad at me. Um, I was really homing if there was a line drive coming out of the back of my head that someone would have saved me. But it was just, I guess, 
the human nature in me was just I did not want to get pelted with no, the line drive. You you weren't in the position of power though. You're in the you're in the danger zone. Yeah, I had my back turned right down the third base line. If I guess I mean hopefully the players don't have anything against me yet. Yeah. Yet. We'll see. We'll yeah, see about we'll after about this it. after this next couple stretch of games. <laughs> but yeah, it'll it'll all start hopefully Wednesday. Yeah. Well, actually, I don't think maybe the, the team should be. I mean, <laughs> what are they? Eight and one, nine and one in games I've covered alone. Okay. So they yeah. have no reason to be mad at me. So Cam is the guy that they're mad at anyone. Yeah. If IU was about in games that I've covered by myself, IU was either seven and zero or eight and zero heading into the Iowa series. Cam gave me both games, knowing that a doubleheader is tough, and they yep. would probably lose one of them. That's exactly Cam what I was them, thinking. Actually. Cam gave them to me, and then they dropped him. Um, but nonetheless, they still have a better record in games I solo cover. However, they're zero and one in games that we've covered together. And I, so, yeah, ideally, we'd cover Wednesday's game together. Yeah. So I guess we'll see what happens when push comes. To there would be there. there's there's gonna be a stretch of games here with these games in the state of Indiana that Cam and I might be there together. So we we're gonna see how this goes. We will. We'll see how it goes. A lot, a lot of the games we'll be we'll be covering together. We'll trade some off. We'll see how it goes. We'll be sure to keep keep you informed at IDS underscore sports on Twitter and at IDSnews.com. Yeah, you can follow us personally on Twitter as well for all the best baseball coverage and Only Tyra Bus fanatics. Okay. That's, <laughs> we're straying from the baseball again. All right. Well, as we mentioned, IU hopefully has four games coming up. Um, Four-game stretch starting Wednesday, uh, <laughs> March 28th at Indiana State at 4 p.m., followed by – Thursday, Friday, Saturday, home games against Butler. Uh, as we just mentioned, make sure to stay tuned with us on Twitter and follow at IDS underscore sports for all the best information about anything containing hashtag IU base. Uh, once again, from the Indiana Daily Student Baseball Podcast. This isn't a rambling, this isn't a rambling outro at all. No, not a rambling Not at all. Outro. Speaking of the ramblers, you want to talk about the ramblers? Okay. For Stephon <laughs> Christ, Nick, I'm Cameron Drummond. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you guys next time.